All right, this is Monday, January 28th. This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow the show at Winning Cures on Twitter, at, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Everything, or the website winningcureseverything.com. Go check all those out. Uh, let's give you today's rundown. First topic, Clemson drug testing did not include the entire football team. We'll talk about that. It's a report by postandcourier.com. Uh, that's a South Carolina newspaper uh, where Clemson is. Saints-Rams officials were from Southern California. We're going to talk about that. Number three, Bob Stoops returning to coaching, possibly, and you're not going to believe where. Topic four, Tom Brady says that there is 0% chance he retires after the Super Bowl. We'll get into some numbers with that. And then number five, Anthony Davis trade demand. And we'll talk about the teams that can actually get him this season. And then, of course, we got college basketball picks after that. But we'll we'll roll through the topics fairly quickly today. The show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They've got six incredible sports books. You can find more information over at tunicatravel.com. Let's go ahead and fire away. Topic number one, Clemson drug testing did not include the entire football team. The report is over at postandcourier.com. They did not test, and they have no plans to test more members of the football team. Now, remember, there were less than 20 players that were actually tested. They were randomly chosen by the NCAA. Three of them tested positive for PEDs. That is more than 15%. It's a pretty big number. NCAA data shows that approximately 1,110 athletes were drug tested per year for championships, and less than 10% of them test positive for PEDs. And this is Osterine. I believe that's how you say it. That's what all of the Clemson players were tested for. They were all tested positively for that. They're tested for a bunch of different things. But my question is, if you're not required to test the entire football team, why would you do it? I understand where people are coming from with, oh, Clemson needs to test everybody. This is a problem. No. Here's the issue, right? You don't want to know the truth. More than likely, there's a lot more of these guys that would get busted. There's a lot of guys across the landscape of college football that would get busted. The NCAA has chosen to randomly test, and if you get caught then, then you get caught then. But why would you purposely set yourself up for failure? I understand from the optics of we want to keep everything clean, we want to do this, but if I'm Clemson, no. I I do not go through all this. I don't mess with this at all. So postandcourier.com did their job. They did what they were supposed to do. They reported on it. But if I'm Clemson, I don't care. And I don't care how this looks. This story will eventually go away. They'll worry about it again next year if they have a few guys that are randomly tested. Right? It's the same thing with every other team in college football. You're going to get guys that get busted. You don't know how big the problem is, but if you can find out about the problem beforehand and you keep it quiet, then you don't have to worry about it. Just get those out of the way and go from there. So I, I don't know why this was uh, a, as big a story as it was over the weekend, but uh, but it, it was a story, and you can read it at postandcourier.com. Let's go to number two. The Saints-Rams officials, four of them were from Southern California from right outside of Los Angeles, apparently. 
the optics of this are awful. Now, do I think that that had anything to do with the game whatsoever? Absolutely not. There was not a huge discrepancy in calls in this game. It didn't look like the game was rigged one way or another. There was one terribly egregious call, and we've been talking about it for over a week now. And I told you at the end of last week, I am tired of it. This is ridiculous. Get over it, right? Bad calls happen. But this does look really, really bad if you've got four officials on a team of, what is it, six or seven? Four of the guys are from L.A. Now, they have not specified if the guy that waved off the call, if if he was actually from L.A. or not. But either way, the Rams, brand-new franchise. They've only been in L.A. for three years. No, you don't have diehard Rams fans that are refing NFL games. The The odds are minuscule at that point. It does look bad, though. Uh, this does bring up the Pro Bowl over the weekend. Uh, Saints defensive end Cam Jordan, he wore an awesome homemade shirt that said, Blow Whistles, Not Games. And on the bottom of it, it said, Make Calls, Not Apologies. I thought it was great. It was a classic shirt. They're probably going to have them for sale. Saints fans everywhere are going to buy them. Good shirt. Good shirt. Good on Cam Jordan for that. Topic three, Bob Stoops. It looks like he might return to coaching. Now, we all assumed that he would get into college coaching again. He might go to Ohio State if Urban left. He might end up at Notre Dame if Brian Kelly takes an NFL job or something, right? No. Benjamin Albright reports that he may be going to the XFL. Now, it would make a whole lot more sense if there was actually an XFL team in Chicago, which is where he retired to, right? He and his wife have a a nice lake house just outside of Chicago. That's where he wants to spend his time now that he's done with coaching, etc. Here are the teams in the XFL. Houston, Dallas, Los Angeles, New York, Seattle, St. Louis, Tampa, Washington, D.C. Where's he going to go? Dallas? St. Louis is the closest place to uh, to Chicago on this list. And even that's still three, four hours. I'm not sure if this is fully legit, but there is apparently a lot of talk and some rumors that Stoops might consider coaching in the XFL. And he's still a young guy. He's still, you know, late 50s. He could feasibly come back and do this. And I don't think the XFL would be nearly as uh, weighing or taxing on you as a college season or an NFL season or something like that. So I'd be interested to see this. Uh, we got Bobby James jumping in on YouTube uh, at Orleans. Pats minus three, Rams plus three, minus 120, total of 57. I, I'm with you. Later on this week, it, now Chris and I tomorrow are doing our Super Bowl preview. So be prepped for that one. We're coming through on that one. But uh, but no talk really on the Super Bowl today other than random topics from the uh, the Monday before, right? Uh, that We'll get into that. Number four, Tom Brady says there is a 0% chance that he retires after the Super Bowl. I Okay, I see where he's coming from. He has said before he wants to play until he's 45 years old. He's 41 right now. He will be 42 by the time next season starts. So you're looking at three to four seasons left, and, you know, 
eventually, like if he wins the Super Bowl this year, why not just go out on top? You'll have six Super Bowls just going and go. That's what I would do. But I'm not in Tom Brady's shoes. He does what he wants to do. He wants to keep playing football. He loves playing. My question is, is it better odds that Brady retires before he turns 45 or that Giselle files for divorce? Because she has come out and said she does not want him to keep playing football. She said it two years ago. And now she still feels like that today. So what are the odds there? If I were her, um, I'd have a long talk with him. And if it's something that Brady just can't do without, then, you know, we'll talk about it and whatever. But, yeah, that that was a little bit surprising to me. I, I thought maybe his stance would have changed a little bit. Uh, but if, if things go like Chris and I have talked about for the next few seasons where the Patriots just don't really care much about road games during the season, they just want to get to the playoffs, and then they'll start really playing in the playoffs, it'll be another thing about the Golden State Warriors or whoever where – these teams are so good that they don't really have to pay attention during the regular season, or at least for most of it. We'll see what happens. Topic number five, uh, Anthony Davis, trade demand. He wants to be traded from the Pelicans. He has told them he is not signing the Supermax deal, which is a five-year, $240 million contract, which is absurd numbers, just ridiculous. Uh, but he's he's not signing that. He's going to make about 50 to $60 less million dollars and he's going to sign somewhere else. So a full year and a half ahead of when his free agency starts, he has told them he wants to go ahead and get out, trade me while you can, get something for me. I'm not playing here anymore when I'm a free agent. And what's crazy, so Rich Paul is his agent, who is LeBron James's buddy. The Lakers would have to trade the farm to be able to get Anthony Davis to make contracts work because they've got so many young guys. They don't have near the assets to be able to get Anthony Davis. The Celtics, who have been interested in him, they can't trade for him right now because they've still got the Kyrie trade on the books. And the other team involved is the New York Knicks. That, to me, would be even more interesting because of all the talk that Kevin Durant might be going to the Knicks after this season. If that were to happen, and that could be a lot of fun, because there's also talk of Klay Thompson going to the Clippers. Say you put Klay Thompson on the Clippers. Say you take Kevin Durant and put him with the Knicks with Anthony Davis. Who is your super team at that point? Are the Celtics still you know, a, a huge favorite in the East? What, what do the Raptors do with Kawhi Leonard? Does Kawhi go to the Clippers with Klay Thompson? This is where the NBA gets interesting. It's not the games. It is the storylines surrounding where everybody ends up going. And I'm really curious about this one. They've only got until next week. I believe it's February 7th. And then we'll see what happens. They may just keep Anthony Davis around for the rest of the season and trade him in the offseason. At that point, the Celtics could become uh, a viable trade partner because the deal for uh, Kyrie is off the books at that point. But... Anthony Davis to the Knicks would be really interesting along with Kevin Durant. And if you've got Kawhi Leonard and uh, Clay Thompson with the Clippers and then LeBron with the Lakers, you got Steph Curry and uh, uh, 
what's the guy's name from uh, Draymond Green with the Warriors. How good are the Warriors with only Steph and Draymond? How good are the Clippers with Kawhi and Klay Thompson? You know, it, then you've got a whole lot of teams that could feasibly be really, really good, that could feasibly win championships rather than it just being the Warriors, right? And so NBA talk gets interesting around trade deadline. I'm sure that we will have something else interesting between now and then, uh, at least after the Super Bowl, because leading up to the Super Bowl, we're going to talk a lot about numbers, about prop bets, etc. Let's go on and jump into the college basketball picks. I got three of them today. Went 11-6 and six Friday through Sunday. Went 3-0 and yesterday, 2-1 and one Friday, 6-5 and five on Saturday. I'm 81-57-1 on the season. That is 58.7% against the number. That, my friends, is winning. You can get the picks over at winningcureseverything.com. I'll, I'll give you the address and all that kind of mess later. But let's jump in. First game for me, I got three totals tonight. First game, Duke at Notre Dame. I'm going under 152.5 on this one. Duke on the road has zero overs, two unders, and one push. On the season, five overs, 13 unders, and one push. Vegas overvalues them, or at least the betters do. Uh, Notre Dame under total in four of their last five. Uh, They are averaging only 64 points per game in their last four at home. Their three-point percentage in their last three games, 27% or lower. That is insane. They cannot score right now. Duke will be playing defense with Trey Jones back. I like Duke tonight. I'm not going to worry about the spread. I'm going under the 152.5. Game number two, TCU at Texas Tech. I'm going under 131 on this one. Texas Tech, number one in defensive efficiency. TCU is number 18. Both of them, their their pace of play is really low. Uh, TCU, three straight unders. Texas Tech, three of four have gone under. TCU has not hit a single road over this season, and Texas Tech has three overs and nine unders at home for the season. So, I love the under here, under 131. Let's go with game number three, Southern at Alabama State. Again, you're wondering why we talk about this, because every one of these bets cashes the same. If you can find a number that you like, you roll with it, they all cash. So, Southern at Alabama State, I'm going over 136.5. Alabama State, three straight overs. They're averaging 77.25 points per game in their last four. They have finally found their offense. Southern is averaging 70.25 in their last four. Southern, they are 6-5 and five overs to unders on the road this season. They play better. They score more on the road. I like them tonight. I like the over 136.5. That's Duke, Notre Dame, under 152.5. TCU, Texas Tech, under 131. Southern at Alabama State, over 136.5. Again, we are at 58.7% winners this season. If you want to see every bet that I've made, you go over to winningcureseverything.com, go up to the navigation bar, and click on gambling picks. Or just go to winningcureseverything.com slash gambling-picks. You can get them every day. I make college basketball picks every single day. Again, 81-57-1 for the season so far, and we just started early in January. So, jump on that. As always, we love you guys. We appreciate you. You can follow us on Twitter, at Winning Cures. You can follow me, at GaryWCE. On Facebook, facebook.com slash Everything. Hit the site, winningcureseverything.com. 
Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, whatever your favorite app is. Go hit subscribe. Leave us a review. We love you guys. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you.